Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back everyone. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Monique, a mother of two, postpartum doula and co-founder of Women's Health and Wellness Clinic, Maya Mothers Collective. From an early age, Mon's longing to embrace motherhood was undeniable. However, faced with a nine-year absence of her menstrual cycle, she recognized the imperative of restoring her body's equilibrium. Through determination and resilience, she embarked on a journey that led her to the essential support she required, effectively regaining harmony and even experiencing the delightful surprise of conception shortly after her cycle's return. Mon's belief in the birthing process defined her journey, nurtured by the strong women in her lineage. This innate trust guided her to have a physiological birth in the hospital. In the midst of her postpartum period, a conversation with a friend unveiled an unmet need for holistic care and support within a single centralized clinic, giving birth to the vision of Maya Mothers Collective. As Mon began to feel the urge for another child, signs of a daughter's presence began to manifest. Embracing this, she soon found herself expecting once again. Despite a previous positive birth experience, Mon felt a compelling urge to seek an alternative environment away from the hospital. This gained further strength when she crossed paths with a private home birth midwife who provided her with the essential evidence that solidified her choice for an environment aligned with her safety and her envisioned birth experience. Today, Mon's story unfolds through her meticulous preconception, birthing, and postpartum preparations, revealing a journey of profound presence and mindful intent. Enjoy the episode. Beautiful Mon, welcome to Positive Birth Australia. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm a long-time listener of the podcast, so excited to be here. So to start off today's episode, could you just let the listeners know a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. So I'm Mon. I am currently six weeks postpartum with my second little Bob. Um, I live in Brisbane and have a wonderful husband called Ryan. I'm 33 
and I own a women's health clinic called May Mothers Collective. So where I guess, yeah, like a multi-modality clinic and we support women basically anywhere on their journey. They don't have to be pregnant, but it's uh, mainly, you know, preconception, pregnancy and postpartum. Um, And we have, yeah, like nine different modalities. So that's a little bit about me. Perfect. And let's dive a little into Maya Mothers. Could you maybe just give us an overview of some of those modalities? Yeah. So we have um, nutrition, naturopathy, acupuncture, uh, psychology, um, myotherapy, massage, Oh my gosh, I know I'm forgetting one. I actually should preface this episode to say that my brain is a bit mush at the moment. Um, yes, lactation, of course. I have an incredible lactation consultant, um, Rachel. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Good memory, girl. I'm impressed. So tell us a little bit about what was the inspiration behind creating Maya Mothers Collective? Yeah, so once I had my little boy, Archie, um, I my friend Emma and I were both navigating postpartum together so she had her little girl a few weeks before I had Archie and yeah we'll just you know what it's like when you have a baby and you've you've got a friend who's kind of there with you and we're voice messaging heaps and just talking about our journeys and um, she's a nutritionist and um, I'm super passionate about like health so yeah we kind of were just like talking about it you know everything postpartum and you know how we think that's just like a little bit of a lack there for mothers like a one-stop shop where they can kind of come and just be really held um in a space with you know because I think a lot of women concentrate so much on the birth of their babies that they don't actually think about what happens after um so Emma wanted to uh she didn't want to go back to where she was working and she kind of had this idea to open up a um yeah a clinic and we just kind of joined forces and yeah, it's nearly, it'll be two years old in October. So it's been an absolute whirlwind. Probably wouldn't recommend <laughs> opening a business when your baby is four months old. Yeah, but yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been, yeah, crazy, beautiful chaos. But yeah, <laughs> I would not want to be anywhere else. I absolutely love it. And I've met some absolutely incredible women. And yeah, that I just, I'm just so, yeah, I love it. Yeah, so, yeah. The work you and Emma do and the service you provide your community is truly remarkable, all while balancing responsibilities, you know, running a household, caring for your family, wearing all of the hats, which is not easy. Um, And I just wanted to say I wholeheartedly admire and respect both of you and what you bring to your community. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely not easy, but um, I think when you're so passionate about something and it just feels so right you just make it work but um yeah yeah, it's having a business and two little kids you definitely need help I won't sort of I'm not some superwoman that does it all I definitely have help so you know my parents and Ryan and yeah because yeah I think um you see I just I just wanted to preface that because I think you do see a lot of the time on Instagram these women Mm -hmm. that just yeah it's like a highlight reel and it can look like you're doing all the things but behind the scenes it can be very different um yeah absolutely yeah but no it's been amazing yeah so just to clarify as well, you are a women-centered business, but you also see men as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I know our nutritionist, like my brother actually had a um, nutritionist 
booking the other day. He's got a bit of gut health stuff going on. So yeah, we've we've um, we see you know just especially our massage. Um, we get men in for massage, and then we do couples fertility as well. So we see a lot of couples awesome. and like psychology, obviously too. So yeah, it's definitely we definitely do see. Um, I'd say probably like fifteen percent of our clientele would be men. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Now, just quickly before we move into your birth stories, um, you also have a very successful mothers group, which is is that going online soon? Yeah. So we're starting. There's like a membership coming that we're awesome. um, working pretty hard behind the scenes on. So that'll be we've got our in person um, mothers groups, and then yeah, this will be kind of like a. I won't say too much because it's still yeah. kind of we're still getting all the final. But, yeah, I'll definitely let you know. But, yeah, we're going to have basically a one one place online for women who aren't in Brisbane that want to work with us and, yeah, they want to connect um, with other mothers. It's going to be really epic. So Exciting. Yeah. So it's not just, you know, localised to women in Brisbane. Women around Australia will be able to access this, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. That's exciting. Yeah, especially for those that, yeah, are kind of, I just I feel for women who are really alone. Like you hear yeah. stories of like they don't have any help or, you know, they don't have, I guess, their village. So mm. it will help support them too. Yeah, 100%. What an incredible service to create for your community. Um, cannot wait to hear more. Well done on all the hard work. Thank you. Thanks. Let's jump into your birth stories now. Was Archie a planned conception? Yes. So with Archie, um, I mean, we'd been wanting kids since we got married back in 2016, but had a bit of a whirlwind health journey, which is a quite a long story, but I um, didn't have my period for a really long time. So I had something called hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is like, I guess, absent cycles. So that went on for nine years. Wow. So yeah, it was pretty... It was pretty disheartening at the time because we wanted to try for a baby, but we kind of couldn't. So Mm. I really had to get my body back into a state of like equilibrium and balance um, before. So once I finally got my cycle back, I wanted to just let my body do its thing. Like, I mean, I hadn't bled for nine years. So I was like, I was excited to kind of see how that went. And the first cycle was about 70 days. And then once I kind of got it down to about 35 days, I um, was like, yeah, okay, let's just give it a shot. I was like, you know what? It's probably going to take like a year, but let's just give it a try. Um, We actually fell pregnant first go, which, yeah, after all of that, it was like such a huge relief. Mm. Um, So, yeah, we definitely were like, it was a conscious conception because we wanted it for so long. Um, But, yeah, it's funny. I like as soon as we conceived, I like knew I was pregnant, even though I was like one part of me was like, no, I couldn't possibly be. But I just my whole body, I was like, yes, I just felt different. Mm. So that was, um, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then the morning that I like uh, did the pregnancy test, I'll never forget. I just had this like full out of body experience. I was so, I was so excited. Yeah, myself. Yeah. Nine years, that is such a long time. So what actually causes that? Do you know? So it can be hypothalamic amenorrhea. It's such a tongue twister. Um, That can kind of be a whole host of different things. So, you know, some women get it from like extreme stress. Some women get it from like um, low body weight um, and not like eating enough. Um, I guess I was quite a low body weight for my build and I was in a really, um, I wouldn't say like stressful job, but I was on my feet all day. I was working um, in the beauty industry, so I was kind of doing really long shifts. And I guess I was just really highly strung at the time. Like I just had a lot going on. And, um, yeah, I don't think – I think I was over-exercising a little bit and just my body wasn't, um, yeah, 
in, in harmony. And I think when you are, it can only, for some people, it can just be that little bit of being under body weight for your body to signal it's not a safe place for a baby. Mm-hmm. And I also had lots of gut issues going on. So I had leaky gut, I had SIBO, and um, I found out I was celiac about a year before I got my cycle back. So lots of, yeah, it's a pretty long story, but lots of um, like just, yeah, really painful gut symptoms. So I'd, I'd get these like tummy flare-ups or my tummy would just go really bloated for five days. And I was basically eating like six different foods because everything just upset my tummy. Um, yeah, it was really horrible when I look back. I And I kind of just couldn't get any answers. That was before I was, you know, really in, I guess, down the natural route. So I was going to like more doctors and like endocrinologists and things. And I was just told to, you know, go back on the pill. That'll balance everything. And, mm. um, you know, I got an MRI, like just r- very random things when if I had to just, I guess, seen a naturopath from the get-go and got on like a gut building protocol and was, you know, eating the right things that probably would have come back a lot sooner. But I don't, yeah, I, I look back on that time and I'm like that whole journey, as hard as it was, is kind of, shaped my career path so 100% but yeah it was and it is actually so much more common than people think and I think a lot of the time those sort of conditions are masked with the pill Um, but I am so glad I just I didn't take that and I wanted I was like you know there's something wrong so I want to get to the root cause of what's going on as opposed to just masking it with the pill yeah yeah and so could you share what some of the testing that you had to have done looks like? Yeah, so I did something called a Dutch test, which is like a really um, ex- um, extensive like hormonal panel mm-hmm. and found out that I had really low female hormones and my cortisol was super high. So that was sort of showing, okay, well, you're pretty stressed. Yeah. Um, and I mean like like I think stress is for everybody, stress is different. So for some people they can get super stressed if they're sitting in traffic or if they're um, – you know, like everyone's so different. Like mm. it doesn't have to be some massive um, life event. Yeah. So I think I was just kind of living in this state of like busyness and, and that, and that was enough for my body to just be like, no, it's not safe enough for you to get a cycle. Um, so, yeah, I think it took a while to like rebuild all the hormones and, you know, when you haven't had a cycle for so long, it's not just like overnight you can fix it. So I healed my gut and, yeah, I feel like the best I've ever felt in the past couple of years. So, yeah. yeah. Such an important story to share, right? Because so many women, especially nowadays, are facing similar challenges. Um, and I think it's crucial that they hear that there is a help available out there, but the key lies in finding that right support and guidance. Oh, right? 100%. And, like, when I look back on that time, I really thought, like, I'm never going to get better. Like, this is just crazy. Mm. But, um yeah, you can. You just have to work with the right people, I think, that, you know, actually see you and hear you because there was a lot of times I just was not listened to and my symptoms were just shunned. And I left so many places in tears being like, you know, thinking, okay, I'm going to find, I'm going to get some answers today. And I'd leave those appointments and just be like, that was a waste of whatever, you know, $250 or whatever. And yeah, yeah it was pretty, it was pretty hard at the time. Yeah, I bet. But, you know, like you said, it's all part of your journey, I guess. Exactly, yeah. So jumping back to your birth stories, you had just found out you were pregnant. Let's go back to um, that moment. Yeah, so I was like super, I was, yeah, super excited. I remember um, we were living at the coast at the time and I went for this big beach walk and I was just like, oh, my gosh, 
yeah. And I went home. I like I woke up really early and did it and um went home and my husband was still asleep. And I remember I didn't like I just couldn't wait to think of something fun to te- how to tell him. So I was just like, no, nah. I just like literally gave him the test. And he was kind of a bit like, oh, no, nah, it could be wrong, though. Like, <laughs> oh, no, you don't. get. And I'm like, trust me, I know. Like my bo- I knew like straight after. And so, yeah, I um yeah, that was pretty exciting. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I had a pretty f- straightforward pregnancy. I was, you know, had the pretty gross nausea for like the first, I reckon it was probably till about 11 weeks. But then once that passed, it was, I really loved that pregnancy. It was in summer. So I was just at the beach most days, floating in the ocean and, you know, didn't have another child to chase after. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, I think, yeah, you definitely first pregnancies are just relax. so special like that yeah. yeah you can just relax I always tell women at, at the clinic I'm like well you know when they're so first, I'm like just enjoy it mm. just enjoy <laughs> being able to watch Netflix and you know do what you want to do yep. yeah and so what was your perception of birth at that stage was there any fears associated with it yeah so I guess like I grew up with pretty strong women around me who spoke really positively about birth so my mum had four physiological births, one when she was so her first, my older brother, she was 18. Oh, um, wow. And then, yeah, so she was married at 17. She had um, my older brother when she was 18, but then she had my younger brother when she was 38. So it's so wild. It's so wild to me that her she birthed 20 years apart from her first to her last. Oh, right. Yeah. And then my, um, yeah, my auntie and my grandma also had physiological births. Um, so like on my mum's side. And I don't know, I guess I just was brought up to believe that birth is a natural normal process it's not a medical event it, that was always just spoken about like yeah we you know just got it done <laughs> I don't know um and yeah so I guess I never really feared it um I was just always really excited to experience it and so when I fell pregnant yeah I just I really didn't have any any fear about the birth it was more just a feeling of excitement okay awesome and was there any um, education that you did in the lead up to birth, any courses, books, that sort of thing? I definitely did with, um, with Archie when I was pregnant. So I, we did hypnobirthing, um, a hypnobirthing course, my husband and I, and I read a lot of books. So I'll probably just, yeah. So my favorites I'll say, because I, f- I feel like they really did help me, um, because, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And when you, you can, like, obviously I'm all about trusting. I don't think you need any resources to birth your baby. Like it's innate, innate within you, like, right, mm-hmm. like where women we were born to do it. But I think yeah. when you're trying to navigate, you know, a system as such, it, it is good to have, you know, the knowledge. So yeah. when you don't have that knowledge, you're easier to be taken advantage of mm-hmm. if you are in that, like, hospital space. So, well, yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I read a few books. So one that really stands out, and I know that you love this book because I've <laughs> heard you mm-hmm. talk about it on the podcast, but it's definitely um, Rhea Dempsey's Birth with Confidence. Yeah. That book just really, I just love the way she talks about your perception of pain in that book. And that one really is probably my number one for women because I think that, you know, you've never, exp- what you go into birth feeling like you, you've never experienced the sensations before. So I think just getting your mindset around like the, the pain mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I know that some people talk about it not being painful. Everyone's perception will be different. Um, it is like pretty intense though. So I think having that, um, having that was really great. I've actually read that twice. Um, and then I loved um, Ina May's books, 
um, what other ones now? I'm having a massive mental blank. But yeah, I, I definitely educated myself um, with like reading. I watched lots of like positive birth um, videos, and yeah, that was kind of it really. And I journaled a lot, and um, I would write down kind of I guess fears that I felt and um, try to unpack them. And yeah, it was like pretty he- pretty healing pregnancy in that way. And what model of care did you end up choosing? So I did the complete opposite, really, to what I did with um, my second birth. But I went down, um, I went obstetric care. Mm-hmm. So we were living, so it was during COVID and we were living on the Gold Coast at the time. We are right on the border. Um, so I actually had inquired at Tweed Hospital and I got accepted into the MGP program. But because the borders were opening and closing, I just, I didn't feel confident yeah, going into New South Wales to birth. Um, so, yeah, I decided the hospital, um, yeah, the hospital was about 2K from my house, which I loved. It was super close. Um, and I'd had a couple of friends at a birth there and had great experiences. So, yes, we yeah went obstetrics, which, you know, I, I, don't, I didn't know what I know now about birth. Um, but, yeah, that's the route that I chose. Yeah, okay. Um, and how were you feeling towards the end of your pregnancy? Yeah, I was feeling really good. I, as I said, it was like middle of summer, so I was just going to the beach a lot, and yeah, I was I, like, I, fe- I felt great. I didn't have any like Braxton Hicks or any of those things. Um, so yeah, it got to about, I think when I got to about forty weeks, I was like, okay, I'm really ready now. Like I knew that you know, very little babies have come on their due date, but I um, yeah, I felt pretty ready. But then time kept ticking and got to like 41 weeks and then you know I was hit with the conversation in the obstetrician's office about induction and I knew with all the education that I did that that was just something that I wasn't wanting to do um I knew that I just I just had full trust that this baby would come and he was ready I didn't know the sex at the time but yeah I just really really knew that so I um ended up sort of saying to her so I ended up just booking in the induction just to keep the peace but I knew I was never going to it (laughs) I knew on the day I was just like oh yeah whatever um so then it kind of got to the day but in my head I was like oh no I won't get that far anyway you know um yeah and then got to the day of my induction I called up and cancelled it um and was kind of you know had a phone call after for my obstetrician asking well you know when do you want to have this baby and I said you know when they're ready and I ended up that afternoon I went and got a um, like pregnancy massage and yeah, things sort of kicked off from then. So, yeah, super glad that I waited. I actually ended up going into labour with him about 10 minutes after I was supposed to be induced. Wow, how crazy is that? Mm, so it was booked for 6 p.m. that I cancelled and, um, yeah, I lost my mucus plug at about 10 past six. So I was like, thank you, universe. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> Perfect. And were there any fears that arose when you went into labour? I think because I'd waited so long, like like because I got to – so he was born a couple of hours shy or like a few hours shy of 42 weeks. So I – yeah, I think I was just more excited than anything because I'm like, yes, it's finally happening. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, for anyone out there that's, you know – and I know that you um, – you waited a little bit longer for your babies too. So it is that, that mental game. So I think yeah. once it, it finally starts, you're just so excited for it to um, get going. But no, no, I didn't really um, – I guess I was a bit like, oh, gosh, what's this going to be like and stuff. But it was more it was more excitement. Yeah. Yeah. 
so let's jump into your birth story now. How was that experience? Yeah, so I lost my mucus plug um, at about, yeah, 10 past six, as I said, and then I had a friend who was going to be at the birth, so I called her. And um, she'd been on call for ages, so we were both just super excited. And so she drove down to the coast because she's from Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, labour just sort of started. I mean, like my um, contractions were pretty far apart at this point. And I just kind of laboured at home. In my mind, I was like, I, I definitely want to labour at home and be at home for as long as possible before going to the hospital. Um, so that's sort of what I did. I um, just, like, laboured through the night and... I, I think it was at about 6 a.m. 6 a.m. that morning really started to ramp up. We called the hospital and sort of, and they were sort of like, oh, were you the girl that was supposed to be that didn't show up to <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's me, but it's actually happening now. And um, and then, yeah, so they ended up call- I think the hospital called the next day at about 6 or 7 and we're like, oh, is everything okay? You know, it's been, you know, home. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm all good. I'm just going to stay at home for as long as possible. And, yeah, I managed them pretty well at home. I was just in and out of the shower. Um, but then at about 9, I felt, I felt like, okay, things are changing. I felt this real intensity in my bum. Um, so I was like, is this transition? Like what? Yeah, so I was kind of like, yeah, let's go. I always wanted to kind of get go in and get set up. Um and we got in and I just wanted to get in the pool straight away. I just felt really cold to the water. I didn't really love the shower. I felt kind of being in and out of the water. I don't know. It just felt – I just couldn't get comfortable. So when we got there, actually – because when you're in um, private care, you don't have like a set midwife. It's kind of just like whoever is there on the day. Um, but I actually knew the midwife when I got there. Um, I'd met her before and really loved her. So that was nice. And she was like, I'll run the bath for you. And yes, that took about 45 minutes, which felt like the longest 45 minutes ever. And um, I got in the got in the bath, and yeah, just kind of like laboring. And they wanted to get me out to like do a little bit of monitoring and things, which I didn't really love at the, at the time. I think as well, like I, I'd given them my birth plan, um, but that was the only, I guess, main intervention that I had was going on the CTG monitor which yeah looking back now I would have said no but that's you know that's that's just how it happened but um yes I had to get out of the water so I remember feeling a bit irritated about that but yeah I um my waters I think because I got to the hospital everything once I got there everything sort of started to slow down if it felt like at home I was super comfortable and you know I was in my own surroundings but once I got to the hospital I just felt a bit like yeah, well, it's, it just felt quite sterile, and I was like, "Oh, how am I going to get comfortable?" I looked at the I looked at the space, and I'm like, "You know, the only place I could look at was the pool." I'm like, "Yep, just get me in there." So that was amazing, and um, yeah, laboured in there for a fair while. Um, my contractions started to probably really ramp up about two o'clock. So at this point, I'd been in labour, yeah, since about six pm the night before, and I remember just feeling really tired, and I was laying there and. Um, my friend was like, why don't you get on the ball and just try to really open up your hips because I was, like, quite closed off, um, kind of laying in the pool with my legs shut a lot. And um, so I kind of, yeah, I did that and I've um, then my water started to trickle and then, yeah, things just really started to ramp up. Um, so I got back in the water and, yeah, I think he was born at – sorry, I feel like my – Penelope's birth's like, really more prominent in my head, so yeah, I'm trying to, like, remember <laughs> – trying to remember Archie's um but yeah then I got in the water and he was born at 5 50 p.m so nice. 
and I was, yeah, so it was about 24 hours in total. Um, yeah. And I just remember the midwife calling the obstetrician to say, you know, like um, things are happening. And I just remember feeling like, oh, I just, I don't need her in the room. Yeah. She, she sort of came in and reflecting back on that after the birth, I've just had, yeah, I, I just feel like so many things were, even though it was a physiological birth, I just felt like there were so many things that were so unnecessary that were done. So she kind of came in and um, he his breathing sort of um, started to slow down, his heart rate, sorry, um, which is completely normal when they're coming down the vaginal canal, you know, for their, mm. their heart rate to drop a little bit. And it kind of became this like, okay, you got to get him out, um, you know, the pushing. Um, I felt like I was very forced to push in that labour. Um, I was told sort of, you know, do this and, and when, when. So, um, yeah, when when she was sort of like, oh, his heart rate's dropping, you really need to get him out next push, I sort of panicked and let out a really big um, like roar and he kind of came out, which I, I, I do think he came out a little bit flustered because, you know, it wasn't me going on my intuition. It was being kind of coached as to when. So that's sad to look back on. Um, and then she sort of grabbed him and put him on my chest and was like aggressively rubbing his back. Mm. Um, yeah, which I just think again was unnecessary because he came out crying. Everything was all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was probably when I look back on that, I was like, oh, that was yeah. just so like unnecessary. Everything was going fine until she kind of got there. Her energy really changed the, the dynamic in the room. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, I put him on my chest and that was an incredible moment, like seeing that he was a little boy mm. and yeah. It's really beautiful, but we sort of just sat in the, in the pool for a while. Um, I wanted to birth my placenta, like physiologically, so I yeah just sat there for as long as I could, and um, yeah, we moved to the bed, and um, yeah, I just remember that all felt pretty easy actually. I just remember I, I was just so smitten by him. So we did like the breast crawl. He came up and. Um, them saying, "Oh, the placenta's out," because <laughs> like, I was like sort of laying on the bed with my legs up, and I was like, "What?" Like, because I, I was preparing myself to do a bit of work with that. I thought, you know, I might have to move around yeah. um, and things, but no, it just sort of it just sort of happened. So, did you do anything special with your placenta? So no, not then. I didn't. Yeah, that's probably one thing I didn't really look into much. So I didn't, which I completely regret. Um, but that's okay because you know did things differently this time so yeah amazing and how long did it take you to feel ready again after Archie's birth um to go back and have another baby yeah so I always wanted to have babies super close together like not super super close but I, I wanted you know um I've got I'm one of five and me and my brother we're two years apart and we're super close and then all my other brothers and sisters are heaps older so I was like oh I just didn't want to have like you know a massive age gap so um, I, I think Archie was around was that 19, it was about 19 months. And, um, I started to feel like my gut started to feel a little bit funny again. And I was like, Oh, I wanted to do this, um, specific, like gut, like cleanse protocol thing. And I was breastfeeding at the time. So I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to, um, wean him to prepare myself to, to feel the best that I felt like I was already on all my prenatals and everything like that. Because, you know, as you know, it takes, you know, um, it's, it's great to give yourself like six, three to six months to really prepare your body. So I was already doing all those things, but I just wanted to get my gut a little bit better. So I did that and felt amazing. And then I, um, I remember saying to my husband, cause I wasn't a hundred percent sure if he was on board, like at the, like, you know, this timing, like our life is a little bit chaotic with the business and everything, but 
I just kind of thought, you know what, like life's always going to be chaotic. So, yeah, so I kind of just said to him, you know, do you feel ready? And he was like, yeah, I think. But I just, I was like, I don't feel like you're fully there. So then I actually said to him, I was ovulating on a specific day and I was like, I just, you know, do you really want like another one now? Or he's like, no, 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 I do. And I'm like, well, you know, you need to talk to this spirit baby and (laughs) tell it, you know, you need to talk because they know. And then he sort of just said out loud, um, I'll never forget it. He goes, okay, Penelope, you can come down now. We're ready for you. Because we'd had that name picked for like, you know, so many years before. Um, We even fell pregnant with Archie. It was like always in our girl's name. And then I'm like 99% sure we conceived that night, which I just think is so. So special. Yeah. So special. Like they really, I I really, I don't know if you've read the book Spirit Babies. Yes, I love that book. Can I ask why, how you came about reading that book? Because I feel like most women I know that have read it have suffered loss and then been recommended that book well because it took me so long um like I really like I felt like I was honestly ready to have a baby when I was like 22 I've always been so maternal and it was just a really healing book for me because I I always thought that I was going to be like a young mum and I always like craved that so I think um you know I do believe your babies come when you know it's the right time even though that can fit for me I was like yeah I was obviously couldn't try for so many years and it, yeah so I think it was kind of healing in that way mm. um but yeah I think it's not just for people that with miscarriage either though I think it's for um you know even I know friends that haven't even met their like life partner yet oh, and wow. they've read it yeah that you know that really want to have babies but yeah. um and yeah it's just a really special book so that was just yeah I, I and I, I just felt this like girl energy around me for probably a few months before we conceived um and yeah, so I think that's why I sort of felt ready because I was like, oh, I just felt there's a little yeah, soul. This, and I was going to connect. Yeah, I was going to kinesiology, and a few really like incredible things came up. So um, my kinesiologist actually at one of my end appointments pulled a card, um, and it was about a little girl and a puppy, and the little girl was called Penelope. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it was. And then in another session. Um, something came up and she's like, cause obviously Penny is like a nickname for Penelope. And she's like, Oh, mm. this card talked about how the penny drops and like, you, oh you understand gosh. it. And just things like that were constantly happening. Yeah. I was getting like a lot of um, like premonitions when I was not necessarily when I was asleep, like there weren't dreams, but when I was in acupuncture or meditation, I get this um, like premonition of this little girl, like blonde girl with like um, curly hair with Archie mm. Um yeah, so I don't know, just heaps of things like that were happening throughout my pregnancy too. So I, I felt really like spiritually ready, but practically I was like, you know what, well, it probably could wait a bit. But um, yeah, I do feel like that's when she was supposed to, to land. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that story. And did you have that same intuitive knowing when you fell pregnant with her? Or I actually didn't this time. No. Um, it was different to Archie. I was actually really surprised <laughs> oh, you know, first first time again like what are the odds Amazing. um of just getting pregnant again the second time like first go um I, I remember I woke up it was like about three or four days before my period I was like oh I'm not pregnant but I'll just do I was going to Pilates and in the morning I was like oh, I'll just do a test I had one and um yeah it was two lines and I was like oh my god I, yeah it was it was very different actually but yeah that was yeah very special but I kind of just kept it to myself a couple of days I really wanted um this time to just sit with it and journal and yeah just think about it a bit more before so I actually waited two days to tell my husband <laughs> sorry <laughs> wow, Ryan that's impressive and I wanted to do it like make it a bit special this time yeah. like the surprise so I actually went out and got um 
it's like a book. It's called You're a Big Brother. And um, one day he came home from work and I said, oh, look, like I got Arch. I gave it to Archie. And I was like, oh, look, um, show Daddy your new book. And he kind of right, was on his phone and just fully not with it. And he was like, oh, cool, buddy. And he's like looked at it. And then he kind of looked twice and he's like, what? And he's like, you're not, are you? I'm like, yeah. Oh, it was really, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun to do it yeah. like that instead of just throwing a test in his face like yeah. last time. <laughs> Oh, I love it. And so yeah. how was that pregnancy experience for you? Yeah, it was um it was a little bit different this time. I felt like um as you as you understand with a toddler it's pretty full on. Um yeah. can't rest as much and it was very different, but um still beautiful. I still had the same nausea um for the first yeah, about eleven weeks, which is um yeah, I, I mean it wasn't like vomiting or anything, but just that constant feeling of just feeling seasick kind of all day mm. so getting through that with the toddler was definitely different but um once that passed um yeah I felt good um I actually though this pregnancy experienced um Braxton Hicks which I hadn't with Archie and they were towards the end they were really intense um yeah like kind of like lightning um in my crutch and like real like my my tummy would go super tight so yeah it was it, it just wild how two pregnancies can be so different like yeah. in terms of things like that but um yeah no it was it was like yeah it was a beautiful pregnancy I, I, I do love being pregnant um yeah. I feel the most beautiful I guess when I'm in that season so yeah absolutely uh, so just before we move on I just wanted to quickly ask if you could please share some of the things that you did in preparation for this pregnancy to get your body replenished and you know ready to grow birth and nurture a baby yeah so I was um yes I I did a blood test um about three months out um because I just kind of knew you know like also I like to get blood tested every six months just to check up on everything but I think that's because you know I'm in that sort of health space and I work with practitioners that I can turn to and things like that um so yeah I got blood tests I did um a like gut and like parasite cleanse which was a seven day um pretty intense cleanse that's um, the one you shared on instagram yeah it's called zen cleanse mm-hmm. yeah it was amazing so yeah i actually released um ball stones um and yeah it was wild it, yeah. and is that saved in your highlights for people it is yeah if anyone wants awesome. to have a look mm-hmm. um and like you know i'm not yeah i'm not like one to do like you know, do, like uh, like silly things like, you know, two weeks of non-eating and things, mm. stuff like this. But this was like a proper um, like gut cleanse um, created by a Chinese doctor. Um, and yeah, it's just phenomenal results I got. My gut has never felt, never felt better. So I'm really glad I did that before because I didn't really want to stop breastfeeding, I guess, just to do a cleanse. But I knew, you know what, like as a mum, you always put yourself last. And I was like, mm. I felt really guilty and I felt selfish. But then I was like, you know what, he's literally just feeding once or twice at night for like five minutes and it's just for comfort I knew that um so I was like I'll just give it a go I'll just see but he actually weaned so it was it went really well so I was like okay um he's ready yeah it just was all the right timing yeah um and I was I was happy to be able to do that um because you know once you're pregnant and breastfeeding again it would have been like another three years till I could do it again so um yes that and then yeah just um making sure I was eating well and um yeah just taking all the right supplements but my blood yeah my bloods were all pretty good too so yeah my body felt ready yeah and you opted for a different model of care this time around. So could you take us through the process that led you to that decision? 
Yeah, so I actually met a midwife when I, um, after I had Archie, so uh, she's a lactation consultant and a midwife. Um, she is between the Gold Coast and Brisbane. So I actually knew of her through my hypnobirthing teacher, Megan, who you've actually had on the podcast. And she oh, she recommended um, her to come out because I was having a, little, a few issues just with um, like latch. And, you know, when you're first time mum breastfeeding, it doesn't, it definitely doesn't come easy. So I um, got her to come out to the house and just really loved her. Um, we just like connected first first time and I saw her a few times and then I've gone on to see her support a few mums that I know at births and um I just really loved her yeah I guess hands approach um and trust for birth so when I fell pregnant basically I think it was a night that I found out I emailed her because <laughs> I know how quickly you have to how quick you have to be with home birth midwives mm-hmm. um also firstly I'll sort of say the reason why I chose um home birth I think after having a hospital experience you know I I, I feel like I had a really positive birth with Archie. I, I don't, you know, I look back and I was like, you know, it was amazing. I loved it. But um, being in that setting was just something I didn't want to do again. And just all of the all the things that I educated myself on post having him, I just knew that home birth was definitely, yeah, the only way it was going to be. So um, I was so excited to experience it at home as well. So, yeah, I reached out to her and she called me and, um, yeah, we had a really great chat and I was like, yeah, I still feel super connected. So, yeah, I kind of booked it in really early on. Um, but I did sort of say to her um, that I didn't want to do – like there was a lot of obviously like tests that are mandatory when you – well, not nothing's mandatory, but, you know, that you kind of get forced upon you in the hospital system. So we sort of, we sort of spoke and she was so cool for me to just pick and choose what I wanted to do. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I only had two scans. I just had the, um, the I guess, like dating scan um, and the 20-week scan. And that was, you know, I didn't do any of the other, like, glucose monitoring, anything like that. And she was just super supportive of that. So, um, and I actually only saw her, I think, like, you get, like, all of the appointments available. But there was a couple of appointments where I was like, oh, I actually don't, I'm, I'm pretty cool. Like, I don't, I don't feel like we, need, you know, I'm, I'm happy just to kind of skip this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just kind of really followed my gut, my gut on that. Um, and we just, you know, most of our, most of the times that we saw each other, we'd just chat about birth anyway. <laughs> so yeah. we do a quick, you know, listen of the baby, and then we'd just be chatting about birth. So I felt really good. Like I didn't, I didn't really have any. Like we'd get there and she'd like, do you have any questions? I'm like, no, I actually don't. I just everything, everything's good. Um, and I think because I'd been in that private model where you like have so many appointments I felt like it was absolutely overkill for like a low-risk pregnancy um yeah I was just like I don't yeah kind of just cool to just flow um and she was so supportive of that and yeah just we were just so on the same page which I loved yeah and did you do any extra education throughout that pregnancy I actually didn't do much reading or even really listen to that many podcasts I mean I miss listen to probably about four or five of your podcasts but that's about it I didn't Mm -hmm. I really wanted to go within this time and just um not be like influenced or I didn't feel like I needed anything um I did however read um Rachel Reed's book that wasn't when I had Archie um reclaiming your right of childbirth rite of passage which I highly recommend um but that's it yeah so I did I read that and um listen to a few podcasts but I really I really went more within this time and um yeah did a lot of journaling and and things like that so that's what felt 
good. Yeah, perfect. And so let's fast forward to the end of your pregnancy now. How were you feeling in those last few days? Were you going a little bit bonkers again? Oh, yeah, that's honestly, I got to, I think I got to like, and I was so much more chill this time around with Archie. I was so impatient and, you know, I was kind of like, what's happening? But, yeah, this time I was like, oh, they've got to come out at some point. And also I was just loving not, you know, having a bit of time off work and I was just really savouring that time um, with Archie, like taking him to the park and, you know, I just, I really did. I'd had so many people say to me, just enjoy that time with your firstborn and I was just, I was so busy to really think too much about it. But um, I think we got to like a couple of days off 41 weeks and I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I reckon this is another 42. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they're just obviously comfortable in there. I must have a really comfy uterus. Um, so yeah, but I, I think I got to, yeah, so it was 40, 40. Like, I mean, I don't, I think due dates are a load of shit to be honest. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, and I, yeah, it was like a very rough, rough due date and I didn't really I wasn't focusing on it at all I was telling all my family the baby was coming mid-June I wasn't telling anyone like a specific date just because with Archie I oh my god the phone calls and the text it was just too much so um yeah I think I was only like a few people that actually knew not that I wanted to be secretive I just didn't I was like oh I just can't be bothered with all of the protect your energy yeah a hundred percent so yeah I dropped so I dropped Archie off to his little family daycare on the first day and I think yeah I tipped over to um I think that was like the day that I was 41 weeks um and I went to the toilet it was at 10 a.m I went to the toilet and I noticed that my like mucus I'd lost my like uterine seal and straight away I got really excited because that's with Archie as soon as that happened it was like game on like my contraction started straight after so I was like oh my god I'm in labor <laughs> so I like text my husband um and I was like it's happening like be on call because he was at work let's have your phone near you and then I, um, that day I'd actually planned, I was going to go and get, um, some things to like bake and just distract myself, make, do some cooking. But I was like, oh no, I better just like stay around the house just in case, but nothing happened. Um, so it'd been about an hour and I was like, okay, I'm just going to still go to the shops and just go about my day because, you know, you hear of people losing their mucus plug like weeks before anything even happens. So, um, I was still like, quietly excited though I was like oh I think it's gonna happen but I yeah so I went and did that um and I came home and Ryan was sort of texting me being like do, do I leave work like what's happening I was like no 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 nothing's happening <laughs> it's all good I'll let you know and then got to the afternoon picked Archie up and nothing was kind of happening and I was a bit like oh this is this is a bit disappointing but um I remember I was still getting a really like full-on Braxton Hicks so in my head I was like is this labor now like what's going on but no it was it it was just like yeah kind of Braxton Hicks still so got to about seven and I was like trying let's just set the pool up um yeah just in case it it's game on tonight so it's just done so we moved the pool it, it was already blown up but we moved it inside um and like I sort of set the space up and candles and everything and then I um, decided to go and hop into bed and have like a bit of an early night. Um, so I think I got into bed really early, like seven. And um, I said, Ryan, you sleep in the spare room with Archie in case I'm like, you know, it happens throughout the night. And if I would just want to labor in here and not wake him up, because he, um, we co-sleep with him, we were. So, um, so they did that. And then at about 11 o'clock, I remember waking up to the toilet and there was nothing. And I remember just being a bit sad like oh I really like want it to start um but then at a a couple of hours later I woke up to this like faint 
feeling of a contraction and I was like yeah that's definitely that was definitely a wave of something so I just like tried to go back to sleep which I did and they'd kind of come I don't I have no idea because I never timed them but probably every like half an hour I'd wake up but then I'd easily fall back to sleep so though it was very early Mm pre-labor and then I um yeah I woke up at about 4 a.m to like a bit more of an intense wave and I was like okay I was just was way too excited to go back to sleep so I um hopped up and I like got my tens machine out and kind of like turned that on a little play with it and set the space up so I lit all the candles and put my music on um yeah and that was actually really nice to just be by myself but probably about an hour and a half two hours that I sort of sat and I was like feeling these waves every oh yeah, it was probably around 20-ish minutes um, and they were absolutely manageable. But, yeah, I was just like, oh, I got really emotional. I was like, oh, my God, it's happening. And I just, yeah, it was, I just, I'm so glad I did that. Sat by myself and then I decided to go and wake Ryan up at about six. Because I was like, oh, I think it's happening. Maybe just come. I just wanted his, his company. So he came out and um, we filled the pool up. Um, we made it just like really hot because I, I didn't know how long, you know, it was going to take, but I was like, we'll just make it super hot and then we can always cool it down if we need to. And um, I was like, oh, hopefully Archie has a bit of a sleep in, but no, he like toddled out. <laughs> he toddled out like not long after Ryan woke up. Um, and I was like, okay. Um, Had you done any prep with him if he was going to be present for oh, any of the labor? Yeah. So I, I was in a mixed mind space. I was like, I really, I was like, I know that whatever will be will be with him being in the space. I wasn't against him being at the birth whatsoever. But it, it would have had to have kind of been the right timing um, because, yeah, like I spoke to him a lot about my tummy and, you know, there's a baby in there, but he is just in Archie's world. Like he's so he'll be two and a half next month and he talks really well and all that, but he just couldn't grasp the concept of a baby being in there. So um, I don't know. I think if he had been about like three or four, I would have, like yeah 100 percent one in there but he's deaf he was he's going through this massive daddy's boy phase at the moment which is beautiful but also a little bit sad <laughs> for me but he's just very attached to his daddy um so I kind of in my head when he woke up I was like no it's gonna be I'm gonna be laboring laboring throughout the day I just I think if, if it had been at night time and mm. I had a he had a woken up in the morning and the baby was about to come I absolutely would have been like yeah come and I would have loved to witness like love to sit like for him to witness it but mm. I think I was like, nah, I um, think it's best for him to um, not be here. So we called my stepmom and then she, yeah, she came and, and got him. And that was always the plan. They were, they were on call. Um, so I packed his little, um, packed his little bag and I just got so emotional when he left. Oh. I like, I, there's this photo of me sitting on the birth ball and I like, I was like, come here. I was like literally crying and I was holding him. And I'm like, you'll always be my first baby. I'm so hormonal. <laughs> and then he just, he did, he, well, he did it. He was playing with the tens machine. Yeah. I thought that was the best thing ever, like pressing all the buttons. I was like, oh, maybe don't press that one too hard. <laughs> um, so and then, yeah, Julie, um, my dad's wife, came and got him. And um, yeah, that was, that was sad. But I, um, as soon as he, yeah, it was needed. Um, and as soon as he left, I think I just, fully relaxed and then things sort of started I was like yeah and there's no denying that this is labor yeah um and so that was about quarter seven and then I called my midwife just to like let her know that you know I don't need it I don't don't need you to come yet but things are sort of 
starting like it's definitely starting and she's like yeah cool she's like do your thing she's so chill um she said you know once you you'll know when to call me you'll know and that was always the plan I was like yeah I know um so hopped off the phone and then I also had a friend who you know Anita who's an epic photographer um she was coming um which I kind of I I wasn't 100% sure I was I was going to have birth photos and it was obviously only if it lined up with her and her family too so um throughout my pregnancy she was like you know let me know and then a couple weeks out I was like no I definitely I really want I really I I really want you to be here and to document it um so I'd actually let her know the night before that things I think things were starting and so she she was all excited so she was like texting me being like should I come yet should I come yet you know I'm I'm, I'm 20 minutes away and um I, I was kind of just like managing it all so fine that I sort of said to her look I don't know like and then I was like I'll let you know and then it got to um about eight and I was like yeah just come why not um if things slow down she's like yeah if things slow down I can just leave so that was really cool so she was on her way and then yeah as I said I wasn't timing contractions or anything but I um I noticed that they were starting to get a little bit closer and more intense. Um, and I was just like laboring. And I remember um, there was a specific position on the couch where I was like in all fours. And that was, that was just really helping me in that position. I loved that. Um, and I was kind of just, um, whenever a contraction would come on, I'd press a TENS machine. And I, um, yeah, it was just like Ryan and I were just like laughing and playing music. It was, it was really beautiful. And then got to about 9 a.m. Yeah, it was about 9 a.m. And I had three really in, intense ones in a row that I just, like, I couldn't talk through. And that kind of happened again a couple of times. And I said, try and yeah, okay, things are it, – it had gone from really chill to, like, whoa, like, things are happening now. Like, call, call Tracy um, just because she lives, you know, a good hour away. And I always – like, I never had any fear that if she wasn't there when I birthed my baby that I, I wouldn't be okay. Um, you know, like, I mm. – I was like, oh, if, if she makes it, she makes it kind of thing, like in, 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 in intuitively. Um, so it wasn't like we needed to call her to get there because I needed her, but I was just like, yeah, call her. Like I think things are really starting to ramp up. Um, and then like I, and I, you know, I, I do believe that the baby comes with whoever's there when like supposed to like I've listened to a few of the podcasts that you've, you know, women that you've had on that, you know, it's ended up being like an accidental free birth. And I just think that that baby you know chose to have yeah who was there at the time um yeah so then she was like cool I'm on my way and when she was on her way I was just thinking oh my gosh am I even is this even like am I even that far along like I was kind of comparing a little bit to my first birth with Archie because that went on for so long like 24 hours and um the transition period was so long with him so but then I just snapped myself out of it I'm like no Monique this is a different birth like yeah I had to give myself a little bit of a pep talk Mm. Um, and then she yeah so Tracy arrived and I um I remember I had like a bit of a surge on the toilet when she walked in she said, hi and I was like hi it was like so nice to see her. I love her energy so I felt really like oh this feels so nice that you're here and um yeah had a surge on the toilet and then as I was walking out I had another one back into the living room she's like do you want to get in the pool and I sort of said oh I don't want to get in too early because, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to birth my baby in the water. So I don't want to. And she's like, Oh, it's up to you, but I, I think you're ready. And I was like, Oh, maybe I am. Maybe things are like further along than I thought. And I'm just managing them better this time. Cause it's second time. And I've got the tens machine. I don't know. So, um, I, 
I was like, okay. But then I was like, oh crap, I'll take the tennis machine off because I was just loving that. But they're like, you'll love it in the water. And I, as soon as I got in, it was just like heaven. And it was, um, remember at the hospital, they, it was like quite cool. The water, like it was like lukewarm. Um, and I just felt like I was constantly cold, but I got in and it was like such a nice temperature. Um, and it was really, it was actually a really cold winter's day that day. Um, so it was just, yeah, it was really nice. Hopped in. And so she arrived at around, I I'd had no perception of time at the time, but afterwards we spoke about it. So she got to the house at about 10, 15 AM and, um, I got into the water at about 10 30 and yeah, as soon as I got in, things just really started to ramp up and I was just thinking in my head this is moving so so fast like three hours ago I was completely you know managing it and it was felt like very mild and now I'm in the water and it's like whoa Um, and yeah so I like kind of just intuitively got into positions to really open up my hips that's one thing I think may have stalled my birth and I guess made it go on for longer with Archie I was very closed I think being in a hospital um, setting with like bright lights and people walking in and out, you don't feel like you just want to spread your legs when you know, you don't, you know, you don't yeah. feel as like comfortable. hundred percent. So I, I got in and I like got into that kind of like, um, uh, yoga pose where I've forgotten it, but it's like your, your legs are kind of spread and, um, yeah, I was, the surges were getting, yeah, just super intense. And, um, Tracy was sort of just, so Ryan was sitting on the couch and Tracy was on the birth ball and like, it was just so nice for like, reflecting back on Archie's birth to just to just be left alone and that's one thing that I spoke to her about like I don't you know I, I don't want any like I feel like words are even intervention so I just want to do my thing and I'll like talk if I need to ask a question but it was just really quiet and yeah it was just it was really beautiful and um I sort of said I'm just gonna like have a little feel and see like how like, open I am I guess like obviously I don't know what 10 centimeters feels like but um I sort of had a little feel and I felt like everything was really open. Um, and yes, I just kept, I guess, moving with the surges. They were like super intense as I remembered with Archie. Um, and I remember this one specific position. So every time like another um, surge would come on, I'd like grab onto Ryan's arm. So we'd kind of be in like monkey grip. Mm. And um, that just really helped me. I had the comb, like a birth comb, but I just – um, which I've heard amazing things about, but I just, I, I tried it a couple of times, but I was like, no, I just need to literally like hold you. So I was holding him and then, um, yeah, Tracy kind of came over and had like a little feel of my belly. She had a little feel when she first got there and then she's like, oh, wow. She's like, I feel like this baby's really like moving down quite quickly. And I was like, oh my God, I feel that too. Um, and then, I kind of put my hands up there again and I think I like popped my own waters <laughs> because um, as soon as I took my fingers out, I felt like this pop, which is exactly what happened with Archie and his birth. His My waters um, never released until just about it was time to, um, I guess, push. Um, so, yeah, I did that and then as soon as my waters popped, I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, this is happening. <laughs> and I um, kind of turned – so I was – for a lot of it, I was um, like kneeled over the birth pool, but then at that point, I just instinctively felt like I needed to be kind of like laying on my back. Um, so I was like laying, um, kind of floating with my legs um, open, and um, Ryan was sort of holding me, and that was like a really comfortable position at that point. And then 
I said to Tracy, can I see, like, can you get the mirror? Um, cause I really wanted to see this time, like the, like the whole crowning and everything. And, um, I just kept saying to them, I can't believe it. Like it's <laughs> happening this fast. Like it, I, it was just so, it just all happened so quickly. Mm. And then, yeah, she just kept saying, that's right. You're doing it. Like you're doing amazing. And, um, yeah, I, she kind of had the mirror there and the head was there. It was just also, it just honestly happened so fast. The head was there. And um, I just remember seeing that the baby had, like, really dark hair like Archie did. And, um, yeah, I – honestly, it was just, like, it was just super quick. Um, the head was there and then I didn't – I didn't even push. Like, it was, like, my body just – yeah, it's like, the fetal ejection reflex, I'm pretty sure, yeah. where my body, um, it just was just doing it for me. And, yeah, all of a sudden, like – yeah, I think it was compared to my first birth where I was probably, I guess, like actively pushing and I guess like that forced kind of pushing for probably over an hour. This was like eight minutes or so. Wow. I turned and it was all happening and then I just was like in disbelief and just so excited. Um, it's like I just – because I've, I've had the um, birth videoed. So can you, you – you don't remember the things that you say because you're just in a completely different portal as you yeah, yeah would know. But – I um, remember just seeing like, I, I look, I like watched the video back and I just was kept saying, oh my God, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's <laughs> happening. It's happening. Like, And um, yeah, then she like kind of flung out and I caught her, which I really wanted to do and put her on my chest. And um, I straight away wanted to like know that if it was a girl or a boy with Archie, I like, he just sat there for ages and <laughs> because I'd had this such strong girl energy. Um, yeah. yeah. Kind of as soon as she hit my chest and then I just like picked her up and then I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> it's a girl. Yeah. It was like pretty special moment in the video. Um, and yeah, I just started crying. I was just could not believe it. It was from my midwife got there at 10 15 and she was birthed at 11 50. Wow. And any tearing with this birth? No. no. Yeah. I had no, I had no tearing at all. I had like a little graze, um, which I just used some like Manuka honey um, and just made sure I used like a peri bottle and tried to keep my legs like, closed, um, you know, for as long as possible. Like um, that would just rested a lot. But um, yeah, no. And she was four kilos too. Oh, <laughs> so wow. um, just goes to show. Yeah. I think though, because I was so in control, like I was in control, like even though it was really quick, I was so in control of my body because I feel everything, you know, I wasn't, yeah. um, yeah. So when she came out, I was like, oh my God, she's so tiny. Like she's definitely going to be smaller than Archie. She's so little. And then, um, cause he was, I think he was like 3.9. And then, yeah, we put her on, um, we wait once we like, you know, ages after we weighed her and there's a photo <laughs> that Anita caught of Tracy and I looking at the scales and our jaws like on the ground, <laughs> like, what like just because she just seemed so tiny and yeah yeah oh, wow and how were you feeling in those moments just after birth yeah no it was just like I don't know I just sat there and I was like holy moly that's what birth should I don't yeah. know I just, I just felt so untouched and like I, I did it all by myself and um I just felt so supported and it was yeah I was really I just like sat there and cried for a while in the pool oh. and I was just in awe of um yeah, how it all it all went. It was like everything I could have asked for and more really. Yeah, 100%. And it's really interesting hearing you compare your two birth experiences. 
because I feel like a lot of the women I've had on the podcast that have a hospital birth and then free, uh, home birth, most of those stories sort of begin with a traumatic hospital birth, right? Whereas yours is two positive birth experiences, yet there is such a stark contrast between the two. Oh, 100%. I, like, yeah, even though they're both two physiological births, they could not have been more pol- polar opposite in yeah, the way that I felt throughout it and after. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like as I said, I look back on Archie's birth and I, I loved it. I, 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 it was positive, but I think just being in your own environment and, um, yeah, word, word intervention, like um, even being told to get out of the pool to get on that CTG monitor, like that sort of stuff, it just disrupts everything. Like I, um, I just felt, yeah, I was not disrupted at all and I was just really um, just the space that they held for me was – just, yeah, it's all that women need, hey, Yeah, <laughs> to be left alone, to just do what, yeah, your body knows what to do. Yeah. Amen to that. And so what was the afterbirth like for you? Yeah, so um, sort of stayed in the pool, I think it was for a while, hey, maybe like half an hour or 20 minutes. I don't know, t- at times so so warped. But um, Yeah, you would have been in absolute awe though, right? Oh, honestly, I – and like – you know, I would have been so happy to have a little boy as well, like to give Archie a little brother, but I just was, you know, and I don't think gender disappointments like talked about that much, but I really did want a little girl. Like yeah, I really did. I had always pictured having a daughter. And um, so to kind of have that confirmed that, oh, my God, all these little premonitions and things were r- real. Like I just, yeah, I was so, I was so happy. And also, you know, Ryan, um, he was super emotional too. And, yeah, so we sort of just sat there and, um we're just in this little love bubble and she like latched straight away. Um, and so, yeah, we just had a little feed in the pool and she, yeah, she fed really well straight away, which was nice. Um, Archie fed pretty well after birth, but my nipples were quite damaged and that in, um, he had a tongue tie. So it was, yeah, it was definitely a bit of a hot, like, and I think, you know, first time you haven't done it before you second time just feels more natural and easier. Mm. Um, so yeah, we just sort of sat and had a feed and then, um, Tracy had put like a bowl in the toilet and sort of asked me like, you know, where I wanted to birth um, my placenta when I was ready. And I said, yeah, okay, I'll go and have a little sit on the, like I'll go and have a little try. Cause I felt at that point um, it was quite cold. So when I got out of the pool, um, they sort of assisted me to the toilet. Like I had some towels on and, um, and we walked to the toilet, but my, I think my cord was a little bit short. So she was kind of, I was holding her quite low and I had to really bend over to put her on the boob. So when I got on the toilet, like my towel kept falling off my shoulder and um, I just, I was really, really cold. Um, and I remember just feeling like, nah, this isn't working. Like I, I, I don't want to, yeah, it just, I knew that, you know, you need all that oxytocin to birth your placenta. So, and I wasn't comfortable. So I sort of said, oh, can we move? Can I just go and lay on the couch for a bit? So she, yeah, we're like, she was like, yeah, absolutely. So they put everything down on the couch and um, yeah, we kind of laid there for like probably 30 minutes and I did not feel rushed in any way we were just all chatting and like reflecting on what had just happened um but then I kind of just got this feeling of like oh I really want I really want to want this out of me now like I just I want to get changed and like I don't know I, I was just I just felt ready to to birth it so um I said can you just put the bowl on the floor and I'm just gonna like squat over it that's just what I felt called to do just to squat over it and um so I was holding um Penny and I just like sort of sat over it and kind of just like gave a little, not a push, but I just kind of went like, did a little grunt and like, yeah, just like 
came out. Amazing. Um, so that's, it's like crazy because I didn't really even think about that process, but my body just sort of did it for me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like birth, so that placenta was out and then we um, burnt the cord. So some candles and, yeah, she was just feeding and, yeah, we were all just chatting. It was it was really nice. So that took about 20 minutes um, to do that. And then so that point had probably been about like an hour and a half, two hours after, and then I um, I really wanted a shower. So I, Ryan took his shirt off and they did some skin-to-skin while I had a really quick shower, which is like the best shower of your life after birth. Yeah, so my yeah, gosh. Yeah, and then, yeah, we just kind of um, – we're both just looking at each other like, this is so amazing. Like we're both just, we're just at home on our couch and we've just had a baby. <laughs> just another day, um, you know. Yeah. And then um, we went into the room and um, Tracy was like so incredible. Like she literally cleaned everything up, put a load of washing on, and, like the birth pool got emptied. And I remember walking out a little bit later that afternoon being like, you would not even know that there's been a birth here. Like the house looks exactly the same. And um, so, yeah, we were just in the room and we'd like FaceTime some of our family and yeah, it was just like, oh, and, and Ryan afterwards, he just looked at me and he's like, holy moly, like, why don't, why doesn't everyone do this? Like, mm. we're like on in our own bed, like in our PJs, like eating, you know, yummy food. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. felt so wholesome and nourishing. So. And what did you end up doing with your placenta this time? Yeah. So I'm going to bury it. I haven't decided. Okay. Um, yeah. Where, like, yeah. I want to get like a, a beautiful plant and plant it, but um, it's in the freezer at the moment. Perfect. And I feel like it would be an injustice if we didn't chat about your postpartum a little bit because you yeah. are a postpartum doula. So um, take us through some of the things that you did in preparation for that. Yeah. So I, um, this postpartum felt so different. I think as well, having a winter baby is just such a good excuse to really yes. eat all of the, you know, you should always be eating like slow easy to digest warming foods but um I know in summer it can be a little bit harder um but a tip for mothers who actually are having a baby in summer you can still eat really warming um foods by adding warming spices so things you know like ginger cardamom cinnamon all those things like you can actually add those into foods um that don't necessarily have to be like piping hot like in temperature you know mm. um but yeah, so I did a lot of prep this time around. So I um, stocked my freezer from about 34 weeks um, before. Yeah, so I was about 34 weeks and I sort of started doing like a few meals a week and got my freezer all stocked up because I, um, yeah, wanted to eat, you know, and obviously with a toddler and a newborn, I knew that I did not not want to be cooking and no, no woman that's birthed should be in the kitchen, you know, yeah. um, for at least a month. So yeah, so I did a lot of prep. Um, so I made sure that I was eating really, like, really easy warming, um, um, sorry, easy to digest warming foods. I made sure that I um, had my belly wrapped. So I had, like, I did belly binding, um, with, like a belly band. So I kept my um, belly nice and, I guess, you know, tight and held and supported. I did some moxa. So moxa is like, um, it's an acupuncture ritual um, where it helps to warm the uterus. Mm-hmm daily um for a few weeks and my husband took a month off work which was epic um because he sort of could look after Archie and um you know do all those sorts of things do the drop like the daycare drop off and pick up and um we didn't really have to cook because we had all this food and I also had a meal train so I had um 
meals dropped off to the house from, you know, some close friends, which was amazing. Um, so yeah, I felt like I could kind of just stay in my room in that little bubble for weeks, which just felt so good. Um, so yeah, just really rested and, um, I just really tried to sleep when she slept, which I know can be hard when you've got things like washing and all of that. But yeah, I really prioritized, um, yeah, really prioritized rest this round. Um, yeah, rest this time. Yeah. And did you feel a noticeable difference in comparison to Archie's postpartum? Yeah, definitely. I think um, even just mainly the food. So with Archie, I had like a bit of an understanding and I did prep my, um, I did do some food prep, but it was more things like, you know, protein balls and uh, not things that like, and I did actually get the golden month with, um, I got the golden month with Archie, um, which I loved. Um, but yeah, that was about as, that was about as far as it went. Um, yeah. So this time around, you know, I was making things like dal and kitchery and, um, more of those like postpartum, um, traditional foods. Yeah. Yeah. I did, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've actually felt really, really good this postpartum, um, other than, you know, obviously feeling a bit tired here and there, but I think it's, it makes such a difference when, um, yeah, you are a bit more prepared and you have those people to call upon, you know, you've had those conversations, um, friends and family about what you actually need, because mm. if you, if anyone listening to this, I know it's probably mostly pregnant women, but, um, yeah, if you're going to visit a friend, the best thing you can take is like a warm meal as opposed to, you know, like a onesie for the babe, you know, yeah. we need to start, um, giving to the mother more because if the mother's, you know, truly held and supported, the baby will thrive. Yeah. So I love that so much. And do you feel like this is your family complete now or do you feel any more spirit babies? Oh, I don't, you know what? Like it's funny <laughs> during, <laughs> during the labor, I actually said to Ryan when it started to get really intense, I'm like, I'm not doing this again. Like this is, this is it. <laughs> like, that, I feel like a lot of women say that. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I just looked at him and I was like, this is it. Okay. <laughs> like, and, and, um, he was like, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. I like can't imagine that being the last time I go through that. I just love it so much. But then I also would be stoked for our family to be complete. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I really, it's like, yeah, I'm not too sure. Yeah. To see how, see how, see how I manage two first. Yeah. <laughs> um, You'll do great. Yeah. So to wrap up the episode, what would be your key piece of advice for any expectant mothers out there listening? Um. I like I just truly believe that pregnancy is like such a beautiful time to do some really deep inner work and just to kind of heal heal any of that underlying um crap that's coming up Mm. um and you know to get in touch with your body and um I guess the advice I'd give is just to block out any noise um and surround yourself with like positive stories and um you know you hear a lot of things you, you hear from a lot of people of all the things that could go wrong, but there is so much that could go right um, when a woman is just left alone to trust her body and to birth her baby. So I think, yeah, just trust your trust your own innate ability to give birth. Just mm. it's, um, yeah, we'll put on earth to do it. So I think um, just block out all the noise and the opinions of others and um, just trust yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a pleasure it has been to have you on the show today, Mon. You know, I think you are so amazing and I have thoroughly enjoyed hearing your birth stories today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks, Sky, and thanks for all the work that you do and sharing all the positive stories because I know it would, yeah, it's helping so, so many women. So thank you. 
That brings us to the end of today's episode. I found it so interesting diving into Mon's reflections on her two unique birth experiences, both wonderfully positive yet distinctively different. A reminder that your environment and energy surrounding your birth space play a pivotal role in shaping your experience. So take a moment to connect with yourself and determine where you feel safest bringing your baby into the world and then do that. Guys, I want to take a moment to shine a spotlight on Maya Mothers Collective, such an exceptional clinic that is your ultimate health and wellness haven, providing comprehensive support every step of your journey. So don't hesitate to reach out to Mon and her dedicated team for guidance on your path. Remember that as you thrive, so does your baby. There is that flow on effect and it all starts with you, Mama. So please carve out the time to take care of your health and well-being. Just a quick reminder as well that your feedback helps to keep this podcast alive. So we would be forever grateful for you to take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your podcast platform. Thank you so much for being a part of our community. I will be back next week with another episode of Positive Birth Australia. Until then, take care, stay curious and continue to embrace the beauty of birth.